Um, perhaps we can just look at a few verses together um, on the Lord's love. You know, we uh, just sang those words, Oh, teach us, Lord, thy searchless love to know, thou who hast died. And before our feeble faith, Lord Jesus, show your hands inside. What happens when we see the Lord Jesus's love more clearly? I believe that what can happen is we become transformed and then become more loving ourselves. You know, I was, uh, this morning I was looking over verses in 1 Corinthians, of course, familiar verses <clears throat> to pretty much uh, everyone who's hearing the message, I'm sure. Uh, we, we refer to it as the love chapter. And I can just pull those verses up so that you can see them. For those of you who have your video on, um, I'd like to just read one portion of this chapter and think about the power of this kind of love. You know, love is something that we don't really understand very well in our culture. And so it just depends on who you ask. What does love mean? What does it look like? How can I show love to the people in my family? How can I show love to my neighbors? How can I show love to the people at work? And the place that we need to go for a definition is the word of God itself. This is how we know what love is. And of course, ultimately, it's the Lord Jesus who shows what love is. In fact, we read that in uh, 1 John, for, you know, this is how we know what love is, that he laid down his life for us. But as we learn more about Jesus and how much he loved us, we can become more loving ourselves. And so even as I'm speaking this message, I pray that you can have someone in mind, someone in mind that is in your life who needs love shown to them. Someone in a position where they are really in need of true love. And let's just keep that person in mind and we'll read these scriptures together and also look at an example from the Old Testament of someone who showed this kind of love. So I want to read this, these verses in a couple translations. First, this is in the ESV, the English Standard Version of the Bible. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And then if I could just read this once more in the New King James Version of the Bible. It's, it, it reads a little bit differently. Of course, the meaning is the same. Um, but I know even as you're memorizing scripture, this might seem a little more familiar to some of you if you've heard this a lot. Verse 4 reads, Love suffers long 
and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now truly can we say, is there anyone who's ever shown this kind of love like the Lord Jesus? He is the one who showed us what this love really looks like. And so it's to him that we look, and as we see him more clearly, we are transformed, and we become more loving. But God has also provided us with examples throughout the word that ultimately point to Christ, even if just in a measure, just a bit. And I was actually thinking about this man I read about in the book of Jeremiah. And so if you've got a Bible with you, you can turn to Jeremiah chapter 38. And I will pull those verses up so we can see them together. And I'll just set the scene just a little bit, if you're unfamiliar with the story. Um, it's interesting because when we look at the Old Testament, the people who really should have been pictures of the Lord Jesus should have been the kings of Israel and then the kings of Judah. They were the chosen and anointed of God. And they were in a position where everyone looked to them to see what God was like. They should have been what we call types or pictures of the Lord Jesus. But sadly, if you've ever read even a little bit of the history of the kings, you realize they just didn't live up to it. They just didn't fulfill that kind of picture. And so here we see the last king of Judah, King Zedekiah. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him. He's not the picture of love that I wanted to look at. Actually, he's the opposite in his treatment of Jeremiah. Oftentimes, when you see the way the needy are treated, that's the definition of whether you are showing love or not. What happens when someone around you is in need? That's the test. Am I going to show love to them or am I going to simply treat them as any other person would treat them? So really quickly, we can see Jeremiah is a prophet and Jeremiah was prophesying that Judah would be overthrown by Babylon. And again and again, he preached that message. And he was, I heard once it was said, he's the least successful preacher that's ever been. I think he had one convert in his entire ministry. Just one guy listened to him, and that's it. Everyone else said he didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, they ignored his message. They threw him in prison. They did everything they could to him. Um, but just because he was unsuccessful, that doesn't mean that God didn't see his faithfulness. And there's, I'm sure, a lesson in that for us as well, but I guess that's a different sermon. But for today, I'd like to think about this one 
situation in Jeremiah's life when he was uh, preaching his message and some officials came to the king, Zedekiah, and said, we're tired of this person's message. We need to just put him to death, get rid of him. We're tired of listening to him. And so those people had Jeremiah thrown into a cistern or basically like a big well. Um, luckily, there was no water in that well, but it was just muddy down there. And Jeremiah was stuck in the mud in this cistern. That's the position we find him in. He is in a position of need. And that's when we meet the man I'd like to focus on here for the rest of the message. His name is Ebed-Melech. Ebed-Melech, which was, uh, his name means servant of the king. So I just read a portion here in verse seven. When Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, a eunuch who was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern, the king was sitting in the Benjamin gate. Ebed-Melech went from the king's house and said to the king, my lord, the king, these men have done evil in all that they did to Jeremiah the prophet by casting him into the cistern. And he will die there of hunger, for there is no bread left in the city. Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, Take 30 men with you from here and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the cistern before he dies. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went to the house of the king, to a wardrobe in the storehouse, and took from there old rags and worn out clothes, which he let down to Jeremiah in the cistern by ropes. Then Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, Put the rags and clothes between your armpits and the ropes. Jeremiah did so. And then they drew Jeremiah up with ropes and lifted him out of the cistern. And Jeremiah remained in the court of the guard. I love this story. And I want us to consider it this morning as an example of love. This is love in action. And remember, you should have someone in your mind, someone in your life who really needs love shown to them. Let's think about this story in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. How do we see Ebed-Melech living out the kind of love that we see portrayed in 1 Corinthians 13? And again, for those of you who have the uh, the video on your computer, let's just look at those verses together. You know, Ebed-Melech is, as I said, the opposite of Zedekiah. You know, it says here that he was a servant of the king, an Ethiopian, a eunuch. This means that he was not from Israel. Probably he had been taken in battle he had been made a eunuch, which is not a process anyone wants to go through. And now he could not have children himself. This was a common practice at the time. And he was made to serve the Judean king. But the interesting thing is, even though he suffered, he suffered, but he was kind, right? He suffered, but he didn't just think of himself. Here he was thinking about this poor prophet, Jeremiah. 
Who was Jeremiah to him? He was not his family. He was no one. He wasn't even from the same country or nation as him. But his heart went out to Jeremiah. I love this phrase right here. Uh, it's in verse 5. Love does not seek its own. Love does not seek its own. That is the kind of person that Ebed-Melech was. He didn't just think about his own need. He thought about Jeremiah's need. And so he went to the king. You know, this is quite shocking. Why would he risk his own life to save Jeremiah? Can you imagine the servant of the king coming to the king and saying, what you did is wrong. You know, you should not have done that. That takes great bravery. But on the other hand, it was not the kind of bravery that is rude. Let me stop doing that. It's not the kind of bravery that is rude or simply puffed up full of itself. But he was thinking about the needs of this other person. And one of the most powerful parts of the story to me, and one of the most touching parts, is that he get, goes to get those rags, those old clothes, and lowers them down with the ropes and tells Jeremiah, if you remember, put these rags between your armpits and the ropes so that you don't get rope burns. That's a really tender moment, right? Um, that's a real example of kindness. It wasn't enough for Ebed-Melech to help Jeremiah. He wanted to make sure that his help didn't hurt him in a different way. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've had people, quote, help me, and it's kind of hurt more than, than it helped. I don't know if you've ever had a rope burn before, but it can really be painful. And so as we're thinking about showing love to the people in our lives, let's do what we can to soften that attempt. You know, if you come to a person and they're really in bad shape, you can come to them in many ways. You could come to them and say, shape up. You're, you're, you're causing your own problems. Get out of that relationship or, um, you know, you should have known better. It's all your fault. And sometimes the, you think you're loving them, but in reality, you're just giving them rope burns. You're, you're pulling them out of their pit in a way that leads them bloodied. When we show love, we need to think about how can I do this in a way that's kind? How can I do this in a way that is loving? You know, verse six of our passage says, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. You know, Ebed-Melech wasn't thinking about what those officials said about Jeremiah, right? They weren't thinking about the slander that they had heard against him. Instead, he rejoiced in the truth that Jeremiah spoke. And when we are trying to show love to someone, let's not fall into the trap of believing all these negative things about them. It says here that love thinks no evil. Um, you know, what you think about a person can affect the way that you try to love them. If Ebed-Melech had started to entertain some of the 
slander against Jeremiah. He might have thought, well, I'd like to help him, but he deserves it. He deserves this to be down in that pit. Um, and so maybe I shouldn't get involved. No, Ebed-Melech was just moved by the plight of Jeremiah, and he went ahead with his plan. And so the beautiful part is that it worked. Now, it, we don't always have a confidence that our love will be well received or that it will work in such a way as this, but oftentimes love is as powerful as we see in verses seven and eight. It endures, it hopes all things, it never fails. But ultimately, there's another way that love never fails. When it says in verse eight that love never fails, it reminds me of how Ebed-Melech's story ends. And we see that in the next chapter of uh, Jeremiah. So if you have your Bible, you can flip over to Jeremiah 39. At the end of that chapter, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. This is in verse 15. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the guard. And now this is God himself speaking, the God of Israel speaking about this foreigner, this Ethiopian. He said, go and say to Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will fulfill my words against this city for harm and not for good. And they shall be accomplished before you on that day. But I will deliver you on that day, declares the Lord. And you shall not be given into the hand of the men of whom you were afraid. For I will surely save you, and you shall not fall by the sword. But you shall have your life as a prize of war, because you have put your trust in me, declares the Lord. This is truly a shock. Here is an Ethiopian finding salvation in the God of the Jews. And we don't hear Ebed-Melech saying anything about God. What did he do? He loved, he showed love to one of the least of the, those around him. He showed love to Jeremiah, but God basically told him, you thought you were loving Jeremiah, but in reality, you were loving me. And this is exactly what the Lord Jesus says to his followers. He says, and as much as you have done this to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. And so when you show love, you can be confident that that love will never fail. It will follow you all the way into eternity. No good deed or good work done in love in this world will ever be forgotten by the God who sees in secret. And so that's the confidence that we can have. We can be like Ebed-Melech. And this deed, this quote, good deed that he did to Jeremiah, he might have thought no one's ever going to remember this but it endured for all eternity. And now he is in glory with God, with Yahweh himself. And so we can have confidence that when we just choose to love, God sees and he will reward it. So I pray that that's an encouragement to you and to me to try to live out the love that we see in 1 Corinthians 13. It's of course difficult to do that. Sometimes it's easier to just Ignore a problem when we see it. Ignore a need when it presents itself to us. 
Um, but when we extend ourselves, just like the Lord Jesus did, we know that there will be uh, reward. God who sees it will reward us in his time. And may he be glorified uh, for his name's sake. Amen. Amen. Amen.